0: Hello and welcome to Let's Talk Defence, Bharat Sethi.in's own podcast platform. On this platform, we've been talking about various kinds of equipment that the Indian Armed Forces have. We've talked about aircraft, we've talked about tanks, we've talked about missiles, we've talked about helicopters, a whole range of equipment. But today we're going to be talking about tanks and in that, to be more specific, light tanks, which might find their use tomorrow in Eastern Iraq. To give you an idea about light tanks, I have with me a very eminent guest, Major General A.S. Karki. Major General A.S. Karki, he has been in charge of op logistics in Southern Command. He's also commanded a MIG talent in Eastern Ladakh. Welcome to this particular episode, General. Thank you, sir. It's a privilege. Right, General. Let me take off straight away into the subject. My first question to you is, what's a light tank really... And what are the other categories of tanks? If you're calling something light, you must be having
1: medium and heavy. That's right, sir. The tanks per se have been categorized by their weight into heavy, medium and light. And why so? It is more on the doctrine of that uh, particular designer or the philosophy of employment. The Western nations, uh, the Europe and the NATO, they believe more on protection of the crew, uh, more crew space per person so that comfort levels are higher. And so they made bigger, higher tanks. The volume of the crew occupying being more, they needed more armor, more iron. Hence the weight kept going up and they are stabilized their main battle tanks out of the heavy category. Whereas the Russian-led Warsaw Pact countries believed more on a low silhouette, a lesser one crew member less and cramped quarters, auto-loader. So they brought up the height of the tank down, made a smaller silhouette, a lesser pod, so to say, to protect where the crew was sitting and therefore they could manage to compromise on the height and the weight. So they had lighter tanks. And of course then you had the light tanks which were previously much in use and they are primarily for Reiki purposes and we'll talk about them later. To broadly categorize uh, the Abrams tank of the USA, the Arjun of India, the Leopard of Germany, they are all those 60 to 75 uh, tonne tanks and they are the heavy category. In the medium, we have a 72 or T-90, the T-85 of Pakistan, and uh, even uh, China has got its uh, T-86, I think, sir. They have their uh, tank on the medium. On the light side, we have the Chinese Type 15, which is the very latest innovation that they have got, and it is 35-ton tank, uh, which is very digitalized. They have got a data link they fitted, but they have also made it smaller, A very powerful engine, a power-to-weight ratio of 30 tons, but they have done a little bit less of protection to bring the weight down.
0: And I would say not designed for a tank versus tank battle per se. All right, let's go a little further, General. You see, India is keen to buy light tanks. Uh, I think we have already said, sent out an RFI for 350 light tanks. Are these tanks going to be used in Ladakh alone or have they been used earlier also and would likely be used also in certain other sectors? What's, uh, especially in the past, did we use it early? Yes, historically
1: speaking, uh, we used to have our light tanks and uh, we have used them. The most uh, famous example is uh, 1947 uh, 48. We used them in the Tojila Pass when 7th uh, Cavalry uh, moved their steward camps up to clear the pass of the raiders and thus open the Kargil lay, uh, Highway. Later on in 1971, we also have in the PT 76 tanks. These were light amphibious tanks based on the Topaz APC TC and they were also used to good effect. So we had the riverine terrain there, they could float across and in Zojila, the small size of tank enabled them to be moved up to the high altitude mountains. Also in 62 war, AMX 13 tanks that we had light tanks, they were also put there for good effect and uh, they deterred the Chinese. Point to note is all these tanks were between 13 to 16 tons of weight and uh, nothing more than that. Today,
0: we've got light tank comes into a higher category. Okay, right, like you said, the limitations of older tanks, light variety that we have. What are the limitations as far as our present tanks are concerned when you see it in the perspective of using it in Ladakh? And uh, what is the requirement really of acquiring light tanks in that case? Will light tanks bring some sort of a qualitative change in our capabilities, let's say in eastern Ladakh or similar heights elsewhere in the country?
1: Uh, sir the decision for or the discussion on the light tanks has been triggered after the galwan standoff and the subsequent face off that we had with the chinese in tibet chinese are predominantly uh, fielding the type 15 which i said is a light tank of the 35 ton class fielding a 105 mm gun facing those tanks uh, we had our t90s and the t72s which have got heavier armor they are of the 46 to 48 ton class and more protection with a 125mm uh, main gun, they have got a greater standoff as well as the firepower is uh, much more. So, if you look at it, when we were uh, on a standoff face to face with these tanks, we had an upper hand and it wasn't much of a maneuver that was taking place. The terrain per se is such that there are high mountains and low flat valleys, typically flat valleys. So, movement is not a thing. Yes. The terrain and the rarefied atmosphere does make movement of tanks a bit sluggish and they are not at their peak performance. With their power to weight ratio, light tanks have a certain advantage of agility. But when you look at what we were doing uh, face-to-face out there, uh, to deter any movement of enemy tanks, a T-15 will not stand a chance against a T-90 and T-70. Therefore, uh, will it make a qualitative change? Should we get a light tank up? The advantages of having a light tank with us would have be required to move these tanks urgently from somewhere, airlift them, or something. Now, we've already got a fair number of armor positioned in eastern Ladakh based on the threat perception. So, to, will they make a qualitative, quantitative change? I don't think they'll. it'll be a paradigm shift, as they call it. A, a tank, per se, in a battle is part of a greater matrix. You have a plethora of weapon systems, the ATGMs, the ICVs, the artillery, the drones, the attack captors, the fighter aircraft. So, in that context, when we've got a heavier and a bulkage app, a bit more of agility, I don't think, will make a radical difference in the way we look. Of course, if we get the wheeled versions of uh, like the striker brigades, then inter theater mobility of reserves, which right now is uh, an impediment because of our reliance on tank transporters for any move beyond 50 kilometers. That would
0: change, but that is outside the purview of this discussion. Okay, anything more that you would like to talk about the Chinese tanks before we get on to other aspects? Sir,
1: like I said, they had the Type 15 uh, tank. It is a very uh, latest generation tank and as part of of the informalization and digitization, they have made sure that it is well networked with the other weapon systems and it has a data link. Uh, beyond that, it also has an uh, ERA uh, facility, they can uh, put ERA for additional uh, protection. And with a 1000 horsepower engine or weight of just 36, it is reaching a power to weight ratio of 30, which is very, very good. And even at that altitude, it will give it a very good agility. But like I said, uh, will agility be everything when uh, the big guys rrt our T90s and T72, which are a class above. They are the medium, the upper edge of the medium tanks and here you've got a light tank. So, for reconnaissance purposes, for uh, areas where there is no armor, for a, as a fire support vehicle, as a tank destroyer, yes, you can use light tanks, keeping them away. But to lead an advance and an armor versus armor battle, uh, certainly they don't give any qualitative edge. Even if you get a light tank, it will never be used to lead an attack where the enemy has got the tanks up front. Right, I think
0: that was quite clear. That what they have there is not really quite. It will not It doesn't match up with our T90s, T72. Provided, of course, we can give get the, get the logistics worked out. We've been able to do it. Get them inducted and then support them logistically. Yes, is
1: Advantages over a period of last fifteen years or so, we have built up sufficient numbers, not only of tanks but of our bases, of our maintenance structure, logistics. Everything is in a place. I mean, I will not name it, but it's there where it is required in adequate numbers and. Uh, the maintenance backup, the acclimatization, everything is taken care of. So, had it been a need to have a surge of equipment, then light tanks may have been airlifted and put there. But as of now, the way we are, quite comfortable and the light tanks
0: per se will not make a difference. Let me go a little further into what are we are going to do tomorrow. Uh, there is uh, some sort of a, we'll talk about purchasing sprat tanks. Is that a suitable choice really? What options do you think we have? and? Are there any indigenous options already worked out or in the works? What's the status?
1: Sir, Sprut 1 is a Russian tank, sir. It is still under trial with the airborne division of the Russians. It is capable of being parachuted down, heli-dropped along with the crew. Uh, That is an advantage. But in the rarefied atmosphere of Tibet, how much of it can we use it and why should we use it when we are not deficient of numbers? Then it is 1910, air-droppable. It can float in water and fire while floating. To That extent is good. Commonality of equipment it has the same gun 120mm as the uh, T90, so there is a commonality there. And uh, to reach this kind of uh, flexibility, they had to compromise on armor protection to a very great degree. It's got aluminum hull armor with frontal protection itself of just uh, 23 millimeter enemy uh, fire. So, to that extent, again, it is. Coming into a category of 19 to 2020, where the wheeled APCs, is again, I'll take these striker versions. They are in the same category. So to have a tracked, track vehicle uh, there with associated maintenance problem with very little armor, it is not these vehicles are being called as fire support vehicles or tank destroyers. They cannot lead an assault in an armor environment, but yes, they can always shoot in the infantry or other forces where there is. Uh, An absence of uh, medium or heavy armour of the enemy. To that extent, the sprit may be good for, uh, let's say, like in Bangladesh operations where they had to float across rivers and all. In uh, the high altitude, what is the utility when we already got, like I talked about the other tanks, when we've got a heavy voice there, do we need a light one and that too so vulnerable which cannot take place of the uh, medium or the heavy ones that are already there? And, sir, mind you, the Russian
0: army also is evaluating the tank. It is not yet to fully in. Right, General, let's now just focus on uh, what do we have as an indigenous option. We've already talked a little bit about indigenous option. But I want you to dwell a little uh, more in detail on the options that we have within the country to produce a light tank that will really be effective. So for the indigenous
1: option, uh, for a light AFV, I would say... We have a lot of options, and with the Aat Nirbhar thing being the flavor of the day, I think we have to have a look here also. In this, the DRDO itself is working on two projects, one with LNT uh, on the Vajra plant, the K9 Vajra, wherein they are offered the tesi of the K9 Vajra, which packs a 1,000-horsepower engine, and they want to mate it with a cockerel, a 105mm gun turret which can fire at the elevation of 42 degrees, which is a must in the mountains and a depression also of uh, quite an appreciable degree. And uh, Pokhural are leaders in turret design and mating them on two chasies. So, there is a good option there and the LNT, I think, have already finished off with their uh, Vajra orders and they are capable of delivering around 100 uh, of these things per year. One is uh, that, and uh, second is the DRDO is also looking at CV of uh, Sweden, where they have got two variants on offer 25 tons with a 105mm and a 35 ton vehicle with a 120mm gun. So these are at 25 tons and 35 ton class, and DRDO is in talk with them, I believe. And uh, the LNT itself has also come up with another offer of K2 of South Korea which again is a 25-tonne IFV with a 750 horsepower engine and a power to ratio of 29, which matches that of the Type 15. And uh, it also has got a high angle of fire, 42 degrees of elevation and minus 10 degrees of depression. So these are all 25, 27-tonne trouser vehicle, legion Type 15. Point is, uh, in case we want to have it, then there, these are the options. But I think the LNT is doing a good job. And I will just finish off by saying that uh, when the FICV project is on, or wheeled and tracked, a gun variant of that would very much meet meet the requirement of the day for a light tank should we need them. uh, Rather than going in for a new production line, new maintenance, life cycle support, training of manpower and all the associated logistics. A variant of the FICV program could well uh, fit into the bill of this class of vehicle which will be 2025 ton and meeting all the requirements. And uh, I think commonality is a very essential thing uh, to bring
0: down the costs, both for initial acquisition and life cycle support. Right. Uh, thank you, General. I think the, those are very rational arguments that you've just given. And thank you so much for giving us a really detailed picture of life tanks as we have, uh, the potential that we have of producing one ourselves. Well, uh, thanks for spending your time for us and thank you so much. Thank you, sir. It was a pleasure. Thank you, listeners. Thanks for joining BharatShakti.in, and do join in now and then and you'll find such interesting discussions on this particular platform. Thank you.